This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. And we're looking into the future today. No, I haven't got a clue either. Despite what anyone says, they don't have a crystal ball and then cannot, therefore, put their hand on their heart and tell you confidently that this or that is going to happen, so you need to do whatever it is they think is necessary. Now, we all know that there are two things that will definitely happen in life. One is that we will die and the other is that we'll pay taxes. Wow, isn't that amazing? Frankly, if you fix on that, you'll never get out of bed in the morning. But I think that not having a crystal ball and not knowing what's going to happen in the future was one of the reasons why I started buying and doing all the things that I do in property, because I didn't know what my future was going to bring. And I wanted to make sure that actually I could have a handle on it. I could make certain things happen. And I think that future-proofing your property business is absolutely vital because you can eliminate some of the problems that can happen. And then you can just keep on enjoying doing what you're going to do. Because as a rule, most of us property people live in the present and a bit in the past, but very little in the future. Because actually, there's an awful lot to do when you're working in properties. Even if you're really well organised, it's still a bit of a hamster wheel. Because even if your portfolio is fully managed, there's still going to be a lot of stuff coming in on a day-to-day basis, not least checking that the wretched tenants have even paid you. Now, property can make people very, very rich, very fast and create lifestyles that other people envy. Isn't that why we're all doing it? But, you know, non-believers and non-doers, they don't like that. And that has created over the last 10 or so years, the concept of the wicked, evil landlord who's out to get everybody. And this has been feeding into the political sphere And there are MPs who see that changes to the property world in any form are really good for gaining votes. And as I record this, there are a lot of changes coming in, which will impact on how we work and our finances. So it is vital that we actually have a breath and do a bit of future-proofing. Is it possible at all to future-proof a business? Well, I think it is. I think it happens all the time in businesses that don't have the word property in them. It's just that many of us who come into the property sphere have not done a business degree and we haven't worked in businesses at the level where we can see just how much actually happens with discussions about what will or what if happens to affect us. Now, it may not be necessary. You may not want to, for instance, if you have a really high tolerance to risk. I don't. Somebody may never worry about the future if they don't ever have a cash flow problem. Always have lots and lots of cash sitting around and you can just put your hand in your pocket and pay for whatever happens. Some people have a very strong belief, for instance, that history repeats itself. It's happened before. We all survived. It'll happen again. We didn't all survive. I worked all the way through the crash. There are many of us who did survive. Many people didn't. And do you know, the sad thing is that many of the people who went under, they fundamentally hadn't done anything wrong. 
They just didn't have the cash reserves to keep them going, or they hadn't been able to think far enough ahead to make sure that they could circumnavigate what was coming towards them at great speed. Anyway, I'm going to remind us all again that we all run a property business, and it's the business bit that will keep us going the longest, and that normal business rules apply. And there, I think, are three things that are very easy to remember, very easy to implement, but are essential if you're going to future-proof your business. And the first is this. Financially, nothing ever stays still. The financial market, it ebbs and it flows in and out against us, depending on where we are on our property journey as well. You know, how many houses we've got down the line that are now almost paid off or the, the, you know, the mortgage is so small, it's negligible as opposed to someone who's bought everything in the last five minutes and, you know, is up to their eyeballs in mortgage debt. Interest rates and mortgage rules will not be the same, as I say, in five years' time to what they are now. They move, but we have to make decisions on what we're buying and doing with the market as it is now. And that can cause some people a problem because the only thing I think that does stay still with finance is the amount of money you've borrowed. It never seems to change and it, it, it requires you to pay a set amount back and interest. That's absolutely fixed. That principle doesn't move. So to future-proof your business financially, you've got to rule with your head. You've got to understand all the figures that you're working with and just rule with your head. Spend the time creating a spreadsheet when you model out your mortgage and interest payments. The low interest rates that have been in place since the credit crunch are not normal. Well, not normal compared to everything that had gone before 2008. So to me, that means this low interest period has not been normal. It's been lovely. You know, don't get me wrong. I've really enjoyed it. It's good, but it's not normal. And if you're new and you've only joined the property world since then, well, that is your norm. It's not mine. So back to your spreadsheet, you need to be just working out that your properties can pay for the mortgage and the insurance and the repairs and the cash flow for your wages at 7, 9 and 13%. You know, when I started mentoring, I used to bleat on about stress testing at 5%. 5%, I know. 5%, as high as that. Well, I can't tell you the number of people who told me this wouldn't happen again. You know, no, the government wouldn't allow interest rates to get that high. And perhaps if it was going to have to put them up to 5%, then we'd have a lot of warning about it and steps could be taken and refinancing could happen. Mm. Didn't quite happen like that in reality, did it? And so consequently, alongside the whole concept of your mortgaging and how much money and you've got for that and how that works within your business, the next most important thing, in fact, I would say it was even more important, is cash. Cash is king and it is the big supporter of future-proofing. Phrase is really, really annoying, but it's so true because cash keeps your business afloat. The bills get keep being paid. It doesn't matter how much you are worth on paper. It doesn't matter how much equity you actually own in your portfolio. It's the cash that keeps your developments moving forward regardless of the market around you, so that you can sell out or rent and then reset the clock and start again. And it may be tempting to keep all your cash outworking. That's a phrase that we hear a lot, your cash being outworking. Well, if it's not available sitting doing nothing in the bank, you sometimes can't dig yourself out of a hole. And yes, I fully appreciate you don't want to have, you know, large amounts of money just sitting doing nothing. But you've got to remember rainy days do happen. Repairs have to happen. Mortgages and insurance have to be paid. The unexpected always happens. 
And if you can't pay for your mortgage insurance because you haven't got the cash in the bank, you either go under or you put your hand in the pocket. And trust me, that is painful. I have done it. It can happen again. So working capital is an essential tool of business. Property businesses are absolutely no different from any other. So you've got to separate that pot to your repair budget, to your mortgage accounts. Working capital is there to work. Clues in the name. It's there to make you money, to keep you solvent. It is frightening the number of property companies that go in and out of solvencies when a little bit of planning and a little bit more money staying in the bank would keep them solvent continually and would make people a lot more money long term because they're not fighting fires and just trying to work out how to keep their head above water. They can plan properly and actually finance things properly. Now, I've worked, I know that because I've worked with a few builders and investors who believed they were different. They didn't understand or didn't want to understand what working capital was. And sadly, it only took a small financial problem to sink them. So the second idea for keeping the future right up close is accepting that owning property is not a short-term fad. It's a long-term commitment. Property, I know it can earn you great wealth, but if you're in it only for the short term, odds are that you will make very little or perhaps no money at all. It's a long-term commitment if you want to continue to buy, develop and hold. You know, there'll be multiple remortgaging, multiple refurbishments, multiple changes in regulations. Not only that, but everything you do will have a much longer time span than you can possibly imagine. You know, just selling a property, you know, from the from the moment you make that decision, you go, yep, we're going to sell that. It could be 12 weeks. It could be eight weeks till it sells. You could be really, really unlucky and wait two and a half years. You just don't know. And that is the problem. It's not a quick way to get out. And if you, going back to my point about living in the past with property people, whilst you're doing your new exciting project and doing all that mortgaging, oh, all those ones you did 10 years ago, they've popped up now needing remortgaging. I had a hilarious conversation with someone the other day who had basically got all their mortgage papers out and had put them on the dining room table because they had 10 properties that month coming up for refinancing. And they were having to make sure that they all worked at once. And interestingly, three of those mortgages were with the same company. And when she went to remortgage them, she discovered that they were umbrellaed, which meant that they all had to be remortgaged at the same time which isn't always easy to do if the rules or the values have changed. But it's something she could deal with that with no problem at all, trust me. But not everyone can. And it's something you've got to be aware of. So if you accept that you're going to be in it for the long term, you've got to set up your business systems from the start to be able to deal with this, you know, to be able to set your banking and accounting methods to work with multiple layers of work, because it is multiple layers. Quite often, in fact, if you're doing enough stuff so to speak, you may even have different levels of VAT to deal with. Got to get it right from the start. Make sure they're all evidencing everything. And of course, this is a business, as I say, and there are requirements from HMRC and business legislation that says you must do this and you must hold the paperwork for this amount of time. You can't just make up the rules as you go along if you're in business. You've got to follow what is laid out. Annoying, but essential. So, don't just wake up one day and discover you're an absolute mess. If you if you have got to that point, because you're not starting from scratch, then decide that now is when you're going to change. Draw a line in the sand, take a few weeks off and just double down on making sure those systems 
do what you want them to do. And then you can walk away and they work on their own. That's the great thing about systems. I know a friend of mine who set up a seven-figure portfolio working off an A4 binder and a cardboard box. You can't do that now. She could then because we didn't have computers. But even she is now computerized. And she did have to take time out to put it all onto a computer. Well, somebody else did because she's never going to master a computer. Brilliant property, hopeless with a laptop. But never mind. Now, the third way to future-proof your property is to understand and accept, that's the difficult word, accept, that you are going to have interference on a monumental scale from the government. And this is the one thing that I have seen change beyond my imagination since I started in property. If you thought the stuff we've had, you know, thrown at us with the mortgages and all that sort of thing was difficult enough, changes in legislation have been out of this world. And it's not always what you think is obvious, but it will go on changing. And some of those things will be fabulous. You know, you'll think, had we ever not have this? Others, frankly, will be the biggest pain in the neck and really impact our profit and can lead to some people having to leave the property, the property market altogether. Example of this is EPCs. Now, when I started, they weren't a thing, not a thing. They suddenly came in and became really important as part of a trial on a seller's pack, a bit like in Scotland. And the idea was that in order for you to be able to put a house on the market, you would have to do the searches and the EPC as part of this pack. And this would stop vendors from just testing the water and pulling out at the last minute and then leaving the poor old buyer with a whole uh, lot of costs and they were out of pocket. Well, it didn't last long because it wasn't very user-friendly and the whole market froze up for a while. It was phased out, but the EPC stayed and then it morphed into something, well, frankly, into a useful stick to change the housing stock provision by the government. Because it gives the government the ability to force changes to buildings and rental properties that have got really big financial implications for all of us. That's why you've got to watch what's going on. There's been a raft of licensing of every description that's come and gone and then come back in again in some areas. But it does have unforeseen consequences. When you hear something on the news, it's not till it affects you that you realise what the truth behind this piece of legislation is. For instance, I know of a rental four-bed property that overnight became a two-bed property. Nothing had changed physically, just the regulations. And this was due to the fact that the two beds that disappeared were fractionally, and I mean fractionally, under the square footage rules. And that meant they could no longer be classed as bedrooms. They were rooms that could be used, but they weren't bedrooms. Now, it was tenanted. So when the tenant left, the property could only be advertised as a two bed. And with two bedrooms, it only brought in two bedroom room rents, half what they'd got previously as a four bed. Well, I'm sure we can find examples I won't go on with what actually happened to that house. But if you're a long-term investor, things will change and you've just got to suck it up and accept it. Know that that's what you're going to have outside interference. But trust me, if you future-proof your property business, then your great-grandchildren will be still running it without a problem and thanking you for doing so. There are lots of well-known property businesses that have flourished for generations. Look in the Times every year, their wealth list, and you'll find them. Now, those property companies, they're still modernising because, of course, their housing stock has to be brought up to scratch. They've still got repairs, but they're still bringing in serious income. But they are future-proofed because they understand, because they are a long-term business, that you've got to ensure that the golden goose is kept up in tip-top condition. 
And that's what we're talking about often when I'm working with an investor on a property strategy day with me. Because it's all about working in depth on the business. Because the nuts and bolts about property are really quite quick to talk about how you do something. But it's the business bit that really foxes most people. It's around the, what am I doing at the moment? How am I going to work today, which will ensure that in November or whenever that I've got the money and the space to do whatever it is I want to do and how I will do the property technique that will get me to the right place. Future proofing is ensuring you've asked yourself all the right questions, even if you don't like the answers. Because if you're in business, you should be asking the questions that make yourself feel uneasy and worried. Uh, because then you've got a chance to make good, clear actions and ensure that you've built the business that will make fantastic money no matter what's thrown at you. Because a decision that is made because you're in a bad place is not necessarily the one that will work long term and wouldn't have been the one that you would have made if you'd thought about it in advance. What can I do if? That's what you do on strategy days. How can I? All those sorts of things. Now, follow the show notes below and let's have a chat to see how we can work together if that interests you. Or you could send me an email at rachel at racheltroughton.com and we can have a conversation as to see how we can work together. So, in essence, I've talked about three things that we need to keep in mind when we are either starting or having our annual meeting about our business. What do you mean you're not having your annual meeting with yourself about your business? Why not? That is when you future-proof. That is when you know that you've got a business and what you're doing in the future. Well, what do we need to do to future-proof the business? That's what you're going to be asking yourself. Financially, how do we stand? How may this change? What do we need to do? Long-term, are our systems fit for purpose? To deal with both our past, our current, and the future activities that we may be doing all at the same time. You know, do you want to build? Do you want to do something that's very different from what you're doing at the moment or within the same company? Or do you have to go elsewhere and set up another one? That's the kind of long-term forecasting and crystal ball job you need to do. And lastly, okay, what's the government doing? What's it changing? How is it going to affect me? What do we need to do to enable us to continue? And as a property solopreneur, that's all on your shoulders, just you. You've got to ask yourself these questions and you've got to find the answer that works for you. Now, I've only touched on future proofing, but if you keep those three things in mind, then you're going to keep on being successful and you're still going to get great joy and profit out of your business. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.